Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Emma Project Podcast. I'm your host, Wen Xin. I do one project a year, hence the Emma Project. Since 2016, I have dived into Italy, minimalism, sociology, website, diet, bullet journal, faith, and art. Join me on my annual project 2023, which is podcasting, where in this channel I will talk about my annual projects since 2016. Additionally, I would also cover topics such as career, relationship, travel, finance, lifestyle, and everything else in between. So sit back, relax, and join me exploring life via my annual project. Let's go. Welcome to the very first episode of the Error Project podcast. If you follow me from the Bujo Breaky Bodies podcast days, you would have known that reflection is big for both Natasha and I. Not just in the episodes, but it was what bonded us at the first place at work, and then during our own BBB sessions, both physical and then virtual. Personally, reflection has always been around for me as well since I started with using a planner. During my teenage years, this episode would be me sharing some reflections on my 2022 and my thoughts on 2023. Let's go. All right, gonna start just talking a little bit about reflection. So I do reflect a lot, and right now almost on a daily basis,、uh, but probably just in the form of one two sentence in my bullet journal. So hence, journaling is also one of the ways that helps me to reflect. Sometimes it's as short as, like I said, one to two sentences. Sometimes it's as long as like a diary entry or a journal ent- entry. December is actually my second favorite month, apart from July being my birthday month. Actually, both months are months of reflection for myself. July is probably when I do a mid-year review. And December is of course a much bigger review being done, and it's also the month I wrapped up and also slow down for the new year. And for years now, I have the tradition on reviewing my year, reviewing my annual project, and setting out the new year. And it's quite like a checklist to do actually, which I'll be sharing on the twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three sections. Just want to share that、um, there is indeed a saying, and a lot of people would also say that you don't need to wait for a new year to start something. And I totally agree on that. I guess it's just personally on my end. I subscribe to the whole New Year resolution concept, or not really the New Year New Me, but rather than a New Year New Start thing. Just because I feel it has a nice touch of closing up something. It's like a form of closure. And it's nice to have like a date where you start something, and it's not to say that if I start my year or I start doing something in February second, then that's all no good. But it's just more like it just felt like it's nice to close up a year of effort and start anew. So reflecting again has been a big part of it, and I reflect a lot on my year during the month of December. So reflecting as a whole, there is the good part to it. I think the good part to it for myself is I develop a relatively strong sense of self awareness. So even on the day to day, if I did something or someone said something to me, my self awareness will kicked in like the feelings of it, 
and it helps by allowing myself to review my reaction, to reflect on my action, and to also ask myself, is this something I want to subscribe in a way? And then there's also the bad part to it, right? Sometimes like having too strong of a sense of awareness, it kind of just make probably make you feel a bit overly critical about yourself. And also sometimes I do have like some sort of self-doubt because I was just being so aware of what I do. I just feeling like okay, I'm not good enough. And then all the ways of comparing others will pop out as well. So of course there's good and bad things to be having like a strong sense of self-awareness. So of course the nice place to be is to find the right balance of having a self-awareness skill or level. And then to have the right balance of reflection, you wouldn't want to just have a touch and go or not reflecting at all. But you wouldn't also want to reflect too much and just catch yourself in the whirlwind of like mulling over certain actions that you have done or being overly, overly like crazy about your achievement. So yes, it is still a work in progress for myself, but I think I've gotten better over the years. Yes, so reflection is a very big theme for myself in reflecting on 2022, not just 2022, but any other year, always give me like a sense of comfort, sometimes sense of achievement, even though if the year didn't turn out as well as I wanted it to be. So what are some of the traditions that I do? The first thing I always look forward to is to plot what I call a lifeline. I think I've got this idea somewhere in 2016 or 2017. It's where I would jot down three to four key events of the month. And of course, each event is not all highs and lows. I would rank each event uh, between one to ten, one being distress and ten being good times. And plot it out on a monthly basis. And by December, I will plot it out in an Excel and move it to a PowerPoint and just to see like how my year turns out. And it is really a roller coaster ride each year, really. Each year, each month, there's always been ups and downs. Of course, your whole lifetime would have like big milestones, ups and downs, but on a year monthly basis as well, you do see that ups and downs really frequently. And it's just to remind myself like how far I have come how much I have gone through, good or bad. And I kind of just really nice to look back to see what I've achieved or what I've gone through since like 2017. So I have this reference that I will look back, not very frequently, maybe just like on each year when I was playing 2022, I'll go back to 21 and have a look. Oops, oh, that's, that's the year that I did not travel and that was the year that I changed my career yet again, changed my job yet again. So it's just that kind of like nice to look back on my years. I imagine like when I'm 20 years down the road, if I look back at my 2022, I'll be reminded that, oh, I went through this back then. So that is one tradition. Second review that I do is to, in dot points, write down what are my highlights of the year, neutrals of the year, and also lowlights of the year. And again, this is one thing that I learned from Natasha. Very surprisingly, because I remember I did a trip, I think it was 2019 trip, this one it was to Italy, 
So on one of the first few days I came back to office and Natasha asked me, what are my highlights of my trip? So I just shared a few highlights on top of my head. At that time, I didn't review my trip. I mean, I do not review my trip usually, but she asked and I sort of just see what pops out in my head. And so highlights was just shared very neutral, very like naturally. And then she went on to ask what are my low likes. And I remember thinking, who talks about low likes of a trip or low likes of something? But it really struck me at that point. It's like, oh, it's nice to balance things out. It's nice to acknowledge the or appreciate or celebrate the highlights of something. But it's all, but it's also nice to acknowledge what are the low lights and just to see how you have come through the low lights or face or react during the low lights, and that next time you are probably able to do slightly better. And so since then, it has been my tradition as well to review my year on these three points, which is highlights, something neutral, and something on the low lights. So that's quite interesting on how it has evolved since a couple of years ago. So that is checklist number two in a way. And then there's checklist number three, of which I would wrap up my year in what I call annual theme. So Annual theme is not something I would subscribe to or consciously choose. It's rather sometime towards the end of year and I reflect back. I will sort of subscribe to a word that I resonate a lot. Seems to be a recurring theme for the year. So I selfishly or interestingly wanted to subscribe on the word balance. Because like how the year is like a post-pandemic year with a lot of readjustments. So I thought, okay, I just want to find like my new balance. But again, it doesn't work that way. So eventually the word that I resonate much more is slowing down. Again, like I said, it is a year post-pandemic, post two, three years of pandemic. It's a lot of readjustment back to my so-called new, new normal. It's a year that I was looking for new balance. But it's also interestingly a year I find slowing down is not bad after all. So, I mean, of course, as I reflect back again, I'm only at my 30 years and I turn 30 in 2022. The word slowing down shouldn't be so-called existing. But I think this slowing down is a different kind of slowdown. It's not like I want to retire kind of slowdown or do nothing kind of slowdown. It's rather... Asking myself, what am I rushing for? Like, is there a deadline to do something? Am I chasing, like, a timeline? Am I subscribing myself to a rat race? I mean, I am in the rat race in a way, but do I need to subject myself to a certain timeline? So the key thought is, I do still have career ambition and all, but my drive is not as ambitious or aggressive as before given that I have more priorities right now that I'm trying to juggle. I wanted to be a more well-rounded person in terms of my career, in terms of my social life, in terms of my personal lifestyle, in terms of my wellness as well. I really wanted to be a bit more all-rounded. And for that, I can't go all out with one single area such as my career. So I do like feel like I do want to better kind of sustainable balance with the pace that I could keep up with. And that meant I took the year to slow down a little bit. 
So I was doing more annual project work in quarter four, 2022 as well. But interestingly, I felt well grounded than before. And this involved like me slowing down a little bit in terms of my career momentum or other momentum. But this slowdown or the slow movement is not at all not at all lazy or unambitious. I felt it's about knowing what you want and I get to a sustainable sustainable adjustable momentum to achieve what I want. And yeah, so it's quite a realization in 2022 about slowing down. And yeah, I'm excited to see like where it takes me in terms of this mindset as well. And then off to checklist number four, in terms of what I review is about my career theme. I mean, ultimately, I do spend nine to six each day, five days a week on my career. So it's a lot of time spending on a job. And career theme is something I consciously choose to focus on and discover. So in 2018, I was focusing about finding work-life balance. And 2022, the theme that I was focusing on is also balance. But this version of balance is something different. It was more of me finding the balance within work. It was also me re-looking into finding the right momentum for both work and personal life. So I did have two jobs in 2022. The first job I had first half of the year, despite not as crunch, but I couldn't get the balance that I wanted to. Perhaps due to the work environment, I was unable to get like the right balance within work within the work environment in the first job and I was also unable to get the momentum that I want both professionally and also personal lifestyle. So Harold joining my second company in the year, I managed to find a balance that I appreciate. There was enough hustle where I would just really go all out to deliver what I need to deliver. And after work on the weekend, I will be able to work on my other life areas. And safe to say, I do enjoy this version of balance. And I do think that at some point, I will lose this balance for whatever reason. But I find that in 2022, at least I know how that feels. And I know what kind of sustainability or sustainable scenario I'm looking at. And hopefully I could work something out and adjust things from time to time in the future. So that's on career theme. And then the fifth thing that I do, like I told you, I do a lot. Um, Before I touch on my goals review, I want to share a little bit about life areas. So my life area framework, you will hear a lot of this in my podcast. And this is in a way like how I quote-unquote govern my life in a form of a framework where there are 13 areas I worked on. It sounds like a lot, but you'd be surprised that you may have quite a number of areas just like mine as well. I will not be diving too deeply on each of them, but the 13 life areas that I'm saying is I focus on my career, my annual project, family and friends, love, travel, minimalism slash home, finance, self-development, diet, fitness, mental health, spirituality, and the last one is femininity. 
Um, the last two areas of spirituality and femininity are relatively new areas. Again, not dying too deeply. The history of this is, I think I have always been looking at my life in these key areas for years. But this framework sort of come to life during 2021 when I was going through um, the grief of my breakup, of the breakup of the first relationship. And this framework just kind of come into fruition in a very nice manner, in the form of an Excel. <laughs> and then I think 2022 was the year I solidify and refine the framework a lot. And it sort of managed to tweak it into a way that it helped me instead of it crumbles me. So now these 13 life areas are like my sacred reference. And whenever I'm lost, I'm just looking back at the reference and I'll be able to ground myself a little. So back to reviewing the year, I do review my goals by these life areas. So I have 13 life areas, hence I do have 13 goals. And in 2022, I achieved achieved 8 out of 13 goals, which to be honest, I am pretty pleased and I'm actually very pleased. And to be very honest, I never achieve all of my yearly goals and I do not mind at all. So again, there are progress, of course, on the ones that you achieve and there are also progress on the one that I did not achieve. And it's not like end of world or end of the or end of like a certain year that if I don't achieve a certain goals. So for the five goals that I did not achieve, there is reflection on it. I draw learnings on what didn't work or why did I no longer find the goals resonating. So that is that itself is also progress in my view. So yes, so I do a detailed review about my 13 life areas, my 13 goals, and just to see where I am at by end of the year. So that's on reviewing 2022. And for last year, I wrapped up the year very early, sometime around 21st December. I usually wrapped up like during the last few days of the year. But last year was a little different because I was away during the last 11 days of the year. I was I joined the Vipassana meditation course of which it is a 12 days commitment in a palm oil plantation, which I'll share in a separate episode. So that brings me to like completing 2022 and going into 2023. So I did set my goals and plan during my meditation. And the interesting part is I worked the 2023 plans and goals in parts, in a few parts in three days, if not mistaken. So it was like a total of four pages of A5 worksheets and that's where I drafted out everything like again 13 life areas 13 goals so again I'm not going to touch on what are those goals are but I'm just going to share a few pointers that I have about goal setting after so many years and again it very much inspired by what I do at work maybe a little bit too much I started off my career being a strategist being a planner so I do plan a lot and strategize a lot about goals and also what can be done in terms of a strategy from a strategy point of view. So again, it's very structured. It can sound very corporate, but it is a system that works very well for me. I do try not to get carried away about this whole framework, plans and goal setting thing. But again, it's really what worked well for me and I 
do see myself doing this for a foreseeable future and hopefully hopefully forever. I'm just going to share a few pointers about how, a few tips actually about goals setting. I've learned to set ambitious yet reasonable goals or maybe the other way around to set reasonable yet ambitious goals. So goals are probably just what it meant by my what and my where. So for each life area, I just set what I want to achieve or where I want to get to by end of the year. So in itself, in one life area, let's take let's take like family time. It's very reasonable to say that I want to hang out with my family on a weekly basis. And same goes to the other life area, like read an X amount of books for this year. So each life areas are very, very reasonable when I set it. But when 13 life areas comes about, the 13 goals became very ambitious to achieve all at once. So even if I take one month to focus on one goal, that itself, I couldn't finish my 13 goal as well. And all these goals, I do need an entire year to achieve it. So I learned to set a set of ambitious yet reasonable goals. And of course, if I can achieve all 13 of them, that's great. But I don't subject myself or I don't put myself through the pain that I must achieve all 13. I just hope that I work enough to get there. And yeah, like I said, in 2022, 8 out of 13, I'm already very pleased with it. Then the second tip that I want to share is to have an action plan to achieve the goals. And this is like my how. How do I achieve these sets of ambitious yet reasonable goals? So again, drawing learnings from my previous one, I have a long-time anchor tenant goal, which is to lose weight for years now. But I never really had like a concrete action plan. I think uh, for 2023, I tried to put out an action plan in terms of how I want to achieve it and some of the measures as well. So I think that is giving me like a good direction in terms of how I can achieve this plan. And what I've also added for the last two years, I mean, given 2022 and 2023, is I have some dot points about each life area as what mindset I would like to carry. And that also indicates a little bit on my how and also my motivation, which is my why. Like why this goal is relevant, why this life area wants to go to a certain way. So whenever I lost, I think by looking into the mindset that I want to subscribe and my motivation of the particular goal, I think it can help me through like the good times and the bad times just to keep me grounded in a way. And the fourth tip, I because I do have 13 goals and that's a lot. So what I do is I will single out my top five goals. These top five goals are not to say my non-negotiables, but rather is the goals that I really want to focus a little bit more. Again, I did not achieve my top five goals last year. I think I achieved maybe two to three. But in a way, these top five goals just help me to prioritize that if I need to prioritize my focus, I know which one am I gravitating towards. And the last tip I learned, I'm still experimenting with this, is I am setting quarterly milestones and then breaking down into monthly milestones as well. So this will just, again, give me like a plan, a direction, a timeline to achieve the goals. 
and I intend to do like a monthly review just to see where I'm at. So hopefully, let's see if that works and that shall that carry on to 2024. So, um, so that's like how I set up my 2023. Um, it's a lot of thinking gone to it, but it comes out pretty naturally. And writing it down, even though it took three days, but it was just like during my rest time, during my meditation course, when I had time, I just brain down everything. So that is that. 2022, in a way, it was quite a tough and unusual year, but I did end it on a relatively high note in terms of good spirit. And I started the year, I started 2023 with the same high note as well. Naturally, I do carry some expectation entering 2023, but I am reminding myself to just have an equanimous mind. So the value of equanimity is something I learned from the meditation course. Again, I will share it in a separate episode. But I think I just want to have like a more normal, balanced, expectationless mind or about 2023. Because I don't want to have the expectation that, oh, I want to achieve all, all big things. Because knowing that there will be ups and downs in life, things just doesn't turn out my way as I want it. So it's a gentle reminder for myself that just to have like a more equanimous mind set to face 2023. And it's only 11th day in. Today is like 11th January, which has a nice number to it, 111. So, but so far so good. Just 11 days in, I know. So far so good. So, and with that, um, this is the end of the first episode. Initially, I wanted to record on introducing Annual Project one level deeper than the trailer episode. But me being me, I kind of want to close up 2022 for good first. And maybe this episode can be like a little introduction about me. Uh, me wincing as a person before I dive into the whole actual Anna project business. But yes, you can see that I'm probably a very structured person. I'm a planner. I probably draw too much inspiration for my corporate job. But yes, this is me. But this is just a snippet of me as I'm going to take the whole year into this whole podcast episodes and see where this takes me and hopefully get to know me a little bit more and about and know about my inner project a little bit more. Alright, see you next episode. Bye! Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to this episode and for spending time with me on the Error Project Podcast. I hope you enjoy this episode and I hope you are keeping up well. I always appreciate comments and feedback. And if you have a topic you would like me to talk about, or better still, be a guest in my podcast, do reach out to me. I'm on Instagram where my handle is at The Error Project and my website is www.theannerproject.com. If you have not already, please follow me on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts and Spotify channels for new episodes. See you next time. Bye.